We saw on the Lord's day in the passage at hand that Paul had written a letter to the church at Corinth, not 1 Corinthians, but a letter that came later, uh, sent it to them by way of Titus. And we saw that that letter really, really upset them. Wait a minute, I thought he cared about that church. Does that mean that the purpose of our relationships with each other isn't just to make and keep each other happy? Is there something else going on in God's intent for our relationships? I think there is, and we're going to talk about it today on Beyond the Notes. Second Corinthians seven, chapter eight, referring to this 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 letter, uh, most commentators that I've read call it the the grievous letter. It's a letter you and I don't have. It's not a part of the New Testament. It's it's in the gap between First Corinthians and Second Corinthians. Paul wrote them a letter where he very pointedly took on the issue of this sort of mutiny that was happening at Corinth and probably name names and everything. And Paul makes a statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8, for even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. Wow. Not only was he willing to write a letter that would cause them to be somewhat upset, he didn't even apologize. Well, you and I live in an era where I fear that many, many people asked, many, many people, if asked, what is the, what is the purpose of life's most strategic relationships? Those people would say, well, some, some version of fulfillment for me that make me happy to, to, to satisfy me in some ways, or, or if they're feeling uh, generous, for me to make others happy, for me to satisfy others, and uh, not quite, not biblically. If you're around McGregor much or around these podcasts much, you'll, you'll hear various ones of us remind ourselves and you again and again and again that God's ultimate purposes in creation, his first and second ultimate purposes in everything he does don't change. God's main purpose in everything that he does is his own glory. Now, that's um, both extraordinarily comforting, and it can be a little frustrating because when you, when you can tell that God is up to something and you want to ask why, often our why is quite specific. God, God, why did it rain the afternoon that I had something planned outside? Or God, why is this very nice person dealing with this very terrible diagnosis or any number of whys? And they can be quite serious. And what we mean is I want an answer now that makes the Tetris pieces all fit together as they fall into place in a way that makes complete sense to me. Well, God's pursuit of his own glory may not answer that satisfactorily for you, but it's still true. And the second thing that he's after is our good as he sees it. And he sees that in the very long and very ultimate view. Well, in light of that, what can we, what we can, can we conclude as we sort of think biblically about relationships, spinning out of, of this passage and thinking about Paul's willingness 
to to write a letter that said some very, very difficult things, but resulted in repentance and increased holiness among the members of the church at Corinth. I want to talk about about our relationships and and what they're about in in three different realms right quick our our marriage our children and our friendships I do a lot of of marriage counseling and I'm glad and I have the opportunity to bear witness to the Lord's work in a lot of of marriages and of course no marriage is perfect every marriage is going to have its difficulties it's not unfair to describe the spirit of the times as seeing marriage as something that, when push comes to shove, is essentially disposable. Um, I don't mean that in all cases it's flippantly disposable. There's always a great deal of pain, a great deal of trauma when a marriage fails, and even the secular world knows that. But if the objective of your marriage is for you two to make each other happy, if that's the prime end of your marriage, what, what happens when one of you gets dementia? What happens when other circumstances in life just bring the roof down? If your purpose is to keep each other happy and life puts you in a place where happiness is extraordinarily hard to attain, you could be in trouble. I want to suggest to you that God's ultimate purpose in marriage is mm, his own glory and your good as he sees it. How does that play out in a marriage? It means that the, the purpose of your marriage is to demonstrate the gospel. If you're a married person, you and your spouse are to show the world what the relationship between Christ and and the church looks like. That's the theme of Ephesians chapter 5. That's the highest purpose of your marriage, and it has little to do with you and quite a lot to do with the living God and his gospel mission in the world. That's the highest purpose in your marriage. The secondary purpose in your marriage is to make each of you more like Jesus. The um, ups and downs, the stresses and joys of being married to a fallen person in a fallen world as you both prayerfully are following Jesus together. And sometimes it's not all that easy, but it's supposed to be a part of and will be in a healthy marriage, a part of making each of you more like Jesus as you learn things like grace and patience and a host of other of the, of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. What better laboratory than a marriage? Then I want to talk about with, with your children for a moment. I made the statement yesterday, as a, uh, or, uh, yes, on the Lord's Day, that the issue of uh, hurt versus harm is very, very important in disciplining children. You've got to be willing. Well, let me put it in a positive. Well, I'll say it like this. If your objective as a parent is to keep your child happy all the time, A, you're going to fail, and B, to the degree you succeed, you're going to raise a spoiled little brat, a child that is insufferable that no one, including you, is going to want to spend any time with. Children are to be raised for the first and highest purpose, the glory of God, sound familiar, and the secondary purpose, their ultimate good, which ultimately has a lot to do with, well, helping them grow to be more like Jesus, especially 
from the time they come to faith in Christ. You must be involved in the sanctifying work of God in the life of your little ones or you're an irresponsible parent. And that won't always be compatible with making them happy in the moment. Look, I'm all for happy children. How could you possibly come out against happy children? What sort of monster would you have to be? But more so would I favor children that are being taught to respond well to authority, to bear up well under discipline, to understand that there are purposes and priorities in life all around them that matter more than they do. And uh, Paul wrote his letter to his spiritual children in Corinth, knowing that the letter was going to be tough, but that it would prayerfully have a very good outcome. And then finally, in, in, in other relationships, friendship relationships, Proverbs 27, 17 says that iron is to sharpen iron. Now, I've never been a blacksmith, but I've watched some of them work. And I know this, that, that the metal is not sharpened without being, well, a little bit traumatized. It gets banged on and it gets ground so hard that the sparks fly. And there's a lot of, of, of sort of rigorous grinding that goes on in the sharpening of metal. And if you haven't got friendships that occasionally grind on you to sharpen your character, then you don't have enough of the right kind of friendships. I've got, I've got a lot of really close friends, and I am always happy to spend time with my really close friends. But pretty much every very close friend I have has been used of God in my life to sharpen my iron. And I pray that I've been used of God in theirs. The purpose of my best friendships is not for us to satisfy one another and make each other happy. It's to be used of God in each other's lives for, and again, one more time, the highest purpose, the glory of God, the secondary purpose, our good as he sees it, which always has a very direct relationship to growing in the likeness of Jesus Christ until one day we all get home. Paul wrote a letter to the church at Corinth that grieved them badly, but that grief led to repentance, which is always a really good thing. So look for God's purposes in your relationships. By now, I hope that you are sharing these podcasts from time to time. I hope you've liked it. I hope you've subscribed. And we will look forward to being with you again on the next episode of Beyond the Notes. Thank you.